0: And I have a cold, so my voice sounds a little spotty, that is why, but I am feeling better and I am grateful for that. Anyway, I want to thank those that reached back after last week's chat about overwintering potted perennials, which also pertains to potted shrubs and trees. On Friday, we are digging up recently planted Dobbs frosted juniper that will grow too large for the spot. And my new clients will overwinter them, as we discussed last week, and they'll plant them at kathleen's folks home we always like to save plants and replant them where they are better suited don't we i look forward to this week's story about honey locust trees and how they are like porcupines which can be a garden pest never mind a hazard for our pets and livestock although they fascinate me and it starts like this hello fellow readers and listeners a few asked about the long bean looking things i use to decorate my window boxes They're slightly twisted, about eight inches long, nifty rust in color, with a lovely sheen. I pilfered them from along the road on a walk with Miss Ellie, and now Joe Lee. It's true, I do this every year. It's very fun. And this year, it's a bumper crop, and they're longer than usual, which is likely due to the rainy summer. The honey locust from which they came, Glendizia trancanthos, Looks imposing this time of year. Its sharp spikes are prominent when the tree is naked of leaves. The trees remind me of a porcupine, a docile creature, until they need to use their quills for protection. There's a photo, by the way, on the column post with a native honey locust spike dusted in snow that is so dramatic looking. And of course, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's remarkable how nature creates mechanisms to protect critters and plants from predators. Honey locust spikes evolved to protect the tree from being browsed. The two to four inch spikes are often clustered along the trunk and spread out along the branches. They start soft and green before they harden to reddish brown, then shift to gray. Thickets of honey locust provide a protective cover for animals and birds. And like the porcupine, the spikes are harmless until you tamper with the tree And at other times of year, the roadside honey locust catches my eye too, especially in the fall when it turns a gold and yellow. Its shaggy clusters of leaflets look almost fuzzy, becoming like a big bird in the landscape. Then when the leaves drop, the twisted seed pods hang like ornaments. The sweet pulp of the seed pods gives the honey locust its common name. Other common names are honey shucks, sweet locust, thorn tree, thorny locust, and sweet bean, which I hadn't known. As beautiful as it is, the native honey locust is not typically available in the trades because of the spikes, though you can buy thornless varieties. And you can also find the thornless variety growing in the wild. They were once considered an ideal lawn tree, writes Michael Durr in the go-to manual of woody plants. They are fast-growing, two feet a year, and provide dappled shade, which allows grass to grow below it. However, their overuse has lessened their popularity. Although the USDA seems to debate der, and writes, thornless and fruitless varieties have been developed by the horticultural industry and are used extensively in landscaping. The trees are very hardy and are often used in parking lot islands and alongside walks. And again, that's because of the dappled shade, which allows grass to grow below. White tailed deer, opossums, raccoons, squirrels, and rabbits feast on the bean pods. As do goats and cattle who, along with sheep, also like the tender shoots in spring and the bark of young trees. I'm smiling here because Mary likes them too, picking them up along the road. Anyway, honey locust is native from Pennsylvania to Iowa and south to Georgia and Texas, growing 30 to 70 feet high and wide in zones 3 to 9. It prefers six hours of direct sunlight daily, but it's remarkably adaptable tolerating all types of soil, salt, pollution, and other urban stresses, as well as moderate flooding and drought. It's ideal for slope sites in need of erosion control. They can live to be 120 years old, which is short-lived in tree years. And while its flowers aren't showy, they're fragrant and magnets for pollinators. An associate nurseryman, Ben Jansen of E.P. Jansen Nursery, says that the flowers can create two inches of petal debris when they drop a nuisance to some. He described honey locusts as opportunistic, but not aggressive, with shallow root systems that go well beyond their canopy if needed. Ben sells primarily skyline, with few seed pods and excellent yellow fall color. He also sells Shade Master without flowers or seeds, and Sunburst, which is golden sunburst, also thornless and seedless. Despite the thorns, I'll plant the seeds come spring and see what miracles occur. It occurs to me that snagging the seed pods and bringing them elsewhere is much like how birds and other critters transport seeds from here to there in nature. Nature's way of sharing gifts and growing them forward. May we all do the same. Garden Dilemmas? MaryStone.com. Speaking of porcupines, you may remember in episode 28, Three Sisters, No-Till Gardening, Dear Jolie stepped on a baby porcupine while on a hike. And how kind passerby stepped in to help us. We literally had to do surgery in the field, which was so difficult. But boy, we got through it, and so did Jolie. And to this day, she allows me to wipe her feet. So that was a thing, because it was so dramatic for this young puppy. Anyway, porcupines are primarily nocturnal, active at night, and don't hibernate during winter. It was March, actually, when Jolie stepped on the baby. And it's winter when they wreak havoc on trees by eating of the bark and evergreen needles, which is why they are often found in wooded areas. And during the growing season, they can damage your garden. They adore root vegetables and are attracted to salt, even sweat, from your garden gloves or horse saddles, which was interesting to learn. In the summer, they eat twigs, buds, leaves, roots, tubers, grass, berries, fruit, inner bark, and other vegetation. Apple trees and maple, oak, and ash, and aspen are their favorites. In autumn, porcupines eat acorns, hickory nuts, and beech nuts. And while they don't see well, they have an excellent sense of smell. Rumor has it they can throw their quills, which is not true. It's only when you make contact that you get quilled. By the way, don't try to remove quills from your dog's feet or cat's feet. We really should have gone to a veterinarian, but as the story tells you in the episode I referred to, Kurt is actually a vet tech, and we were two miles away from the uh, parking lot, so we really had no choice, and all worked out well. Should they become invaders in your garden? Capturing them in an animal trap and moving them works well, and there are products such as Critter Ritter that they say works, or hot sauce, or capsaicin, which is a chili pepper extract, on plants and trees can prevent porcupine damage and deter them from your yard and garden. But of course, wash your produce if you try to use a hot pepper spray before you indulge in your fruit or vegetable. Better yet, installing electric fencing can do the trick. I'll put a link in the show notes for more helpful information on porcupine controls. They are such docile creatures, and I do really adore them. And it's true, they're really not active during the day, although I've seen them a few times. I think I disturb them when I hike along the Appalachian Trail. Thank you so much for visiting with me each week on the screen porch. I so enjoy our time together, and I hope you have as well. And if so, I would so appreciate it if you could share the podcast with a friend or two so more can find us and learn and grow in the garden of life. It means so much. Have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at Gardendilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.